Hey everyone, welcome to Basic Binges on the Nom Talk Network. Uh, Batman. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm Mike Manalo. Um, it's great to great to see you guys. As you can tell, I'm very excited for today's show because we got a very special show. We're talking about one of my favorite all time Christmas movies, Batman Returns. Uh, this is not working, so I'm going to take this off right now. <laughs> that being said, <laughs> oh, you guys all know my secret identity. Ah, okay. No, I'm kidding. Wow. Uh, welcome, and uh, this is going to be a fun one. Um, I'm. If you guys don't know already, um, I'm Mike Manalo. I write for the Nerds of Color with That's at LA and WhatToWatch.com, and it is my pleasure to introduce to you guys uh, the panel for Batman Returns and. Uh, with us today um, are my two esteemed guests, uh, Kurt and Amber. How how are you guys doing? Um, Dude, I'd love to. That's awesome. Um, yes, I'm. Are you guys excited to talk Batman today? Always very excited. Sweet. All right. Before we get into that, though, I do want to give you guys a chance to introduce yourselves more formally. Amber, I'm going to start with you. Um, please. Uh, first off, um, I'm enjoying a Coke tonight, and I wanted to see what you were enjoying. Uh, I am enjoying uh, Jameson with pineapple juice. That sounds lovely. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I had to mix with it. And it's actually really good. So I just learned a new drink. So. That's that, that's wonderful. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for joining us, Amber. Um, and, and, thank you. And Kurt, what about you? Are you enjoying anything this evening? Uh, I'm drinking the hard stuff today. I've got a Coke Zero. <laughs> no me. me too. We're enjoying, we're enjoying the same hard yeah. stuff. Cheers. Oh, nice. I love the Pokemon glass. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Of course he has a Pokemon glass. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Kurt. I mean, because Batman loves Coke Zero. It's, you know, zero sugar, all flavor, you know, so it's, it's perfect. I mean, in, yeah. in reality, Batman's not drinking soda, right? He's just drinking like straight water. Yeah. Maybe, he's, maybe he's Ben Affleck some whiskey. Water. He's, he's drinking wow. water while he's doing CrossFit and like hitting tires and stuff, you know? I mean, that's that's what... That's what Batman does. Um, right. No, uh, I'm excited about this one because as I mentioned at the top of the show, this is one of my all-time favorites. I, I grew up with Batman Returns. I do think it's a quintessential Christmas movie. Any movie that ends with Merry Christmas, Alfred, goodwill to men and women, that's that's a Christmas <laughs> movie right there. Um, but uh, I, I would love to start out, if you guys are okay with it, with uh, your popcorn rating out of five. Um, for this movie. Um, so, uh, Kurt, I'd love to start with you. Uh, what is your popcorn rating for this one? So I, I have to put a little caveat here. Okay. This is, this is my rating as an adult who just rewatched this movie and thought about like, because I'm, I'm a film nerd. So I thought about like the structure and the adaptation. So it's a two, two and a half out of five as an adult. Whoa, two and a half? That but, is low. But if nine-year-old me, when I saw this in the theater, when I was eight or nine, whatever year, yeah. you know, uh, it would have been like five out of five when I was like nine years old because it was like the best thing, Batman. But two and a half out of five is what I'm giving it right now. Oh, man. We, we're we going to have some words on this one. Uh, no, no, I'm excited for it. Um, you know, I, I'd love for you to elaborate on the rating, but before you, we do that, actually, um, and Amber, I'm, I'm going to ask you the same as well. So be prepared for this one. Um, right. How did how did talk about your history with Batman Returns? When did you first see it? How did you feel when you first saw it? Um, and and what was the rating when you saw it versus the 2.5 today? So <laughs> wow. I, I think I'm the old man here. So I saw it in the theaters when I was what eight, <laughs> nine, whenever the movie came out. I saw the first Batman in the theaters when I was. Six. Mm. So you know, so these these were my thing. I, I, I've been a comic nerd since I was a little kid. Um, and when I saw 
this in the theaters as a kid, I would I loved it, right? Because there was uh was it McDonald's or Burger King, they had the toys, uh, they had the glasses, that was the whole thing. I had all the action figures, you know, the little penguin action figure, the repaints of the Joker, the Catwoman with the whip, you know, action, all the exciting stuff. But uh I loved it when I was a kid, but but now just as an adult rewatching it as as somebody thinking about Batman and the history of Batman and the movies before and after from 66 Batman to now. It just it it does not hold up. It doesn't hold up, yeah. If I'm going to be honest about like the structure, and you know, I'll I'll go more into that as we talk about this. Of course, but of course, as an adult, it's just like it's a really good looking, well scored movie with some great performances. That's just full of like violent nonsense from from the from the comic book standpoint, right? So. Of course. Yeah, we all know Batman's not a murderer, so no, and, and uh, we'll, we'll have to dive in. <laughs> and Penguin and, and Catwoman are not at all like any version from the comics they've ever been. That's uh, very true. Like, they're just like pulled out of thin air, and, and Catwoman has like yeah. So it's it's just a whole a whole thing. Awesome. But, all right, Amber, we gotta we gotta have you wash the two point five rating from you know all of, I know. From all of our ears. Bring, bring it home, Amber. What is what is your rating? And then let's talk okay. about how you got into Batman Returns. <laughs> it's tough because once you say like, you know, what do I, what did I think when I first saw it versus now, I feel like it would definitely change. Like when I was younger, like watching a movie, I wasn't really as in depth into like analyzing storylines and stuff like that. I was like, oh, this movie just looks really cool. It's badass, you know, stuff like that. So that being said, I have to change my original rating slightly. I'll give it a 3.5 Ooh, out of 5. Okay. Okay. Um, only only because like like how Kurt said, it doesn't stand up to like modern times as well, and it doesn't really follow like the comics as mm-hmm. much. But honestly, like I dug that it was like a completely different type of Batman movie. Like I love that almost every Batman movie is just kind of like off the wall in its own way like crazy like it's like you have all the different ones you have dark knight which is like completely different you know what i mean like they all kind of changed like drastically mm-hmm. but as a young girl seeing like how dark uh tim burton took the movie and like the costumes and just like the aesthetic and the vibes like that's what drew me to that movie initially like i was always like a dark gothy like emo girl so seeing like catwoman making her costume and becoming catwoman was just like I, you know, I wanted to be just like her. And it was just like, um, yeah, just seeing the storyline of her. Um, Penguin was crazy. Penguin. Uh, but yeah, just like, I feel like I would give it a solid 3.5 out of 5. Just, I only took like half a point off just because like, as far as nowadays, it doesn't really, like, you know, see, if I were to watch that now without seeing it ever before, I would be like, oh, this movie's kind of... Mm. Cause I have a different like aspect. I have a different perspective when I watch movies now, like I've taken video production. So like, you know, I do a lot of, for- I watch the foreshadowing and stuff like that. And it's like, I pay more attention to like the behind the scenes stuff than I did back then. But uh, yeah, I think it should at least get like a 3.5, maybe a four. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's the highest I would give it, but I, I, fuck it, I love it. It's still one of my faves. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I, I totally get it. And both of you, actually, um, despite the fact that I've got pretty, a, a pretty, you know, hot take rating, which I'll get into in a bit. Um, all of your opinions are incredibly valid. Like these are these are all things that I can't dispute about the movie. Um, they, you know, it, it it's definitely a product of its time. There's mm-hmm. absolutely no disputing that. Um, it definitely does feel dated by MCU standards, by Nolan standards, by oh, Pattinson yeah. standards. You know, um, 
having said that, guys, I'm going to go nuts here because, you know, <laughs> our, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Let's um, go. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm giving it a five out of five. I'm sorry. I'm giving it a five Whoa. out of five. And, and here's why. <laughs> this is this is one of my big Christmas movies every year because it's it's a Batman movie. I grew up with this thing, too. Um, I think, uh, you know, Kurt, when when you were seeing the original Batman at six, I was seeing it at three. So it wasn't that far off from each other. Um, but I was really in that sweet spot age when when Batman Returns came out. And I was like the most excited um, ever going to the theater to actually to actually see it. And, um, you know, for me, I don't know whether it's the nostalgia or whether I just have fun with the visuals or the performances just for me hold up so well. Um, but I love the living crap out of this movie. It just immerses me in Gotham City. It it, it gives me those vibes, th that feeling like I, I I love the Nolan movies. They are so much better. They are masterpieces. But the one thing that I kind of missed when I watched the Nolan movies was how much character Gotham City really had. Um, and, and that's what Burton did really well. The Goth Gotham City was almost like a tertiary character in this entire movie, in this entire this, this entire universe. And, and getting immersed in that is great. Um, you know, uh, for me, um, I used I actually took a Batman decal at Berkeley. It was a it was a student run course that was an elective, oh. and you go through the history of the comics and stuff like that. And we deconstructed Batman Returns uh, about you know and and went into the German expressionism of all of it, the character breakdowns, all of that. And I just found a new level of appreciation for the movie that I ended up just every time I revisit it, it just comes into mind and it just makes me think, oh my God, this is such a freaking amazing, fun movie. I love it so much. And to this day, I still have a lot of fun with it. Um, you definitely, it, it definitely does not hold up against the, the greatest comic book movies of all time because we've, the world has changed. Our expectations of comic books have changed. Our, have changed. Our expectations of entertainment have certainly changed. Uh, but I love this movie. I, I'm never going to not love this movie. So uh, if, if anyone on the chat is offended by the five out of five, uh, <laughs> I apologize right now. It is a personal <laughs> choice or a decision. Uh, but I'm sticking to those guns. I'm, I'm still eight years old when I watched this movie at 36. So I it's going to happen um but but yeah no um so i definitely want to get into our individual defenses of the of of the uh the 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 movie itself um and we'll definitely deconstruct the bits of it as we go through and talk about all of that uh but before i do that i definitely want to bring it to the chat really quickly um just to to read some of the comments that have been coming in because it looks like we've been flooded by so many comments Ooh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> which is amazing. Thank you guys for watching and engaging. Um, an another thing I wanted to remind everyone on the chat on, uh, you could spend your nom talk points to make us do crazy things like stretching or like drinking Wait, or dips or like talking Wait. in a third person. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know the the exact costs of each of them. I'm sure we can probably fill that fill you in with all of that. But if you guys want to make us go nuts while we're like doing this uh, this this entire reca recap. Uh, please feel free. Uh, that's what we're here for. And uh, somebody redeemed hydrate. Uh, non talk network <laughs> redeemed that? hydrate. So everybody take a swig. Thank oh. you guys. <laughs> All right. So we hydrated. <laughs> that's an example of the crazy things that you can make us do. I know drinking, ooh, um, but still, uh, if you if you want us to do anything crazier, please feel free to. Uh, and and the the second that I do it, everyone does it. Um, somebody's asking <laughs> oh us to stretch now. 
Um, yes. thank you, Eva. Um, Eva Maisha uh, Art, I believe. But yeah, I like stretching. That's a good one. I, I that is a that great one. one. I know. Yeah, everybody needs to stretch more. <laughs> thank you yeah, for I that. I'm almost thank like you. I gotta crack my back. <laughs> I opened the floodgates with this one, guys. So I apologize. If we're gonna <laughs> Why would do you do anything that? really painful later on? I um, know about these things. When you said that, I was like, wait, we can do what? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, um, I, I, I before we get into our reviews, uh, shout out to uh, Heartless uh, Seven, uh, five out of five for the movie, purely for the whip scenes because oh, yeah. Heartless is very excited for <laughs> uh, for whips and stuff, which is who could blame yeah. him, right? Uh, that's why Indi- yeah, Indiana Jones is a masterpiece in that household because of that. Um, no, no, uh, another cue ball also uh, followed up with all that saying that, yes, the whip scene was hot too. Again, not going to dispute that. Uh, cue ball also asked, can anyone agree that Danny DeVito as a penguin is perfect for the role? Um, was, hard to dispute. Yeah, hard to dispute, right? Yeah. yeah we, it's, we, it's tough to follow up Burgess Meredith from the old show, but he's he's fantastic. Danny DeVito is so good. Even the voice. I couldn't of... think of anybody else playing that part. Like, who else would have played that part that well? I don't think there's a single person that could have pulled it off. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, you know, you could even think of people that are very similar actors to like Danny DeVito. Like, uh, I think at the time, Bob Hoskins was also kind of shorter and bald and everything, but but he's you need someone like dirty and kind of great. And not mm-hmm. that Danny DeVito's a dirty guy. He's not a dirty guy, but he can play dirty. Playing, yeah. yeah, and you can you can buy Rangy, it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh the only other person who I could think of that would be better than Danny DeVito might be Colin Farrell, but who knows? We we might never know, right? Because <laughs> yeah. all we saw was Oswald Coppelmont. Uh no, he was amazing. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh Cue Ball also said, I remember watching this. I was like uh damn the story's really good and how it ended was insane can't argue with you there um a couple of folks agreed um on your rating uh kurt um so you are definitely in good company there uh some um evamacia art says i didn't watch it as a kid because catwoman was too something in my parents but had the toys and other stuff uh but i watched it for the first time at 16 or 17 and loved it it's a 4.5 that is awesome. Um, yeah, we we love all your comments, guys. Keep them coming. Um, this is going to be a fun show, and we're gonna, yeah, it's just it's going to be amazing. So, having said all that, let's definitely get into our ratings and let's break things down. I guess by uh, you know just you know let's start with the story. Um, Amber, I'm gonna start with you. Overall, when you think about the story of this movie. Um, you know, the whole mayoral election thing and, and Catwoman's origins as well and, and Max Shrek coming into the picture. Um, how do you feel about all of that? Did you did you dig the story overall? Do you still dig the story overall? Um, yeah, honestly, I feel like it has one of the best like storylines, honestly, than most Batman movies uh, that have come since then. I kind of feel like the storyline's kind of been like, kind of like left out and they've been mo- more focusing on like, just like action and costumes and like getting a certain specific actor to play stuff and then actually having a really cool story. So yeah, definitely. I think I want to say going back to my rating, like out of the, like out of Batman and Robin and uh, (laughs) you know, like out of most of the storylines, I feel like this one has like one of the best storylines other than Dark Knight. Dark Knight is probably my favorite Batman movie ever. Uh, Fantastic. But yeah, I feel like that as far as like the storyline, 
that would hold up more than like an overall sense of like the entire movie because it was just like a, there was a lot of elements missing uh besides that but as far as that i feel like that would that would definitely hold up to modern days and it's probably one of my favorite uh storylines in all the movies so far so till now hopefully they well i want a really really like amazing batman movie someday i don't know if dc's ever going to give it to us but um we'll see we'll see james gunn's in control now so i'm like fingers crossed for sure i'm hopeful i'm hopeful we're we're rooting for you james we know you that you and peter are going to kick ass so we've got so much faith in you buddy um yeah i I agree with you, Amber. I love the story a lot, um, you know, and and I think it's a it's a very good one. You, you can't dispute that Dark Knight is like the greatest, um, you know, Batman live action Batman movie of all time. And but I, I think all three of us will probably agree that like Mask of the Phantasm um, is is the standard for Batman storylines. And and we haven't gotten a live action movie that has actually matched it yet. I think even yes. Batman Returns, even Dark Knight, even the Batman. Um, but but yeah, um, I, I, I love the insight on the story. Kurt, what about you? Um, how do you feel about the story? uh you know the story is, is for the most part it's, it's good there's like minor like nitpick things um like some of the penguin stuff like so going back to my rating when i think about it as somebody who like i grew up with the comic books right and i've read <laughs> comics from you know 50s batman comics to, to now <laughs> and the penguin and catwoman aren't really the characters from the comics they're kind of their own they, they have aspects of them but but they're kind of their own thing and to me that <laughs> takes away like when you think about the story because especially catwoman's story to me, like in, in a lot of this movie, she doesn't have agency. She's not like her own person. She's kind of existing in a world where men are like forcing, literally forcing her to become Catwoman by literally. Her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to me, like the, the classic Catwoman cat burglar story mm. is, a, is a much better foil for Batman because she's you know, a stronger, already motivated woman. And I, I I did look up a little bit of like some of these weird things with um the, the story and character development and it seemed like they were doing kind of like a nine late 80s early 90s like feminist thing where she's like kind of this mousy woman who becomes but then that's another weird story thing but that's a whole thing so <laughs> so some of the story aspects just don't those beats don't work for me i think it's still overall it's fun mm-hmm. and it's good and a lot of it hinges on the performances and it's really the villain movie right it's the cat yeah. woman thing. batman's there max shrek is there the ice princess is there alfred's there but it's the Penguin Catwoman movie. Mm. And for the most part, their story arcs are good. It's, it's a lot yeah. of fun. But I, I guess if, if I, in a perfect world, I would have made Catwoman a little bit more comic book Catwoman. Yeah. Without some of the like mousy, like classic, like nerdy, but hot 80s. Like, oh no, you know, I'm yeah. this woman who just exists in a man's world, but I know something. So now I'm going to get murdered and become Catwoman. <laughs> and, and I really wish Penguin had more of the comic storyline too. Yeah, of of the sense of he already has the money and he's the one running for mayor. Mm. Just because I don't know some of the mag- some of the penguin stuff. It's it's weird. Like why would you vote? I guess with certain politicians who were recently president who are now <laughs> maybe facing criminal charges. I guess I can see why somebody would vote for the penguin. But you don't want to think somebody would vote for the penguin. Although yes. I do I do really appreciate the story's uh, homage to kind of that '66. We we talked about this a little off air. There's a yeah. classic part. I'm not going to remember the name of it, but it's the two part Batman 66 where Penguin runs for mayor. Mm-hmm. And so I love that that somebody loved the show enough to, to make that a thing. And you can see like a lot of the Tim Burton, like 
I feel like Tim Burton himself maybe loved the show more than the comic books. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a comic book guy. I think he's a movie guy. No. But there's mm-hmm. little nods to like the show kind of throughout. Like Joker's got the art thing. Penguin running for mayor. Catwoman mm-hmm. would be a little bit sexier some of the cat movements. So yeah, overall the story's pretty good. Minor complaints, but compared to subsequent couple of movies after this, story's fantastic. Versus you know Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God, those movies. Um, no, Kurt, I, you touched on some great points there. For for one thing, don't get me wrong, Michelle Pfeiffer is always going to be my favorite Catwoman. She just, the performance is just phenomenal. But when you think about it, um, Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman is probably the closest that we've oh. gotten to a comic book interpretation yeah. of Catwoman. She She's a little bit more morally gray than Bruce Wayne, but she's not a bad individual. And she doesn't seek to harm people. She's actually just trying to strong arm them. It's only when they get in her way um, that that they that she she takes action. But um, with with Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, and it's really to you know the vigilante gone wild arc, right? Like she goes down the alley, um, really seeking guys to. Uh oh, um, sorry. Somebody redeemed in oh. somebody redeemed talking your Batman voice. Um, okay, so Heartless, this is for you. Um, where was I? Yeah, um, she goes down into the alley and then she actually like takes over that, takes on that guy who's like attacking that girl, and then she like scratches his face and goes tic tac toe and then like stabs him in the eyes. And that's not something that Batman or Catwoman would really do. Catwoman would do what was right, but overall, uh, not try not to actively harm people. And the scene, which was very hot, but kind of odd, of her in the department store, where she's whipping everything and blowing everything up. It's way too anarchist than what Selena Kyle would be doing in the comics, or that Zoe Kravitz would be doing in the Batman. Um, so that's that's definitely not as comic book accurate as, as uh, you know, Catwoman has been. And to your point as well, it's a really great storyline with the mayoral, um, you know, elections and, and the Penguin and everything like that. But when you think about the comic book version of the Penguin, he's a crime boss. Uh, he's He's got the iceberg lounge and everything. So in that respect, the Batman is even more uh, accurate than anything that the Tim Burton movies or ugh, the subsequent Schumacher movies ever did um, to, to honor Batman. And um, uh, is it okay if I stop the Batman voice? Um, uh, sorry, guys. It, uh, I, mean, I need to take a drink for that. I might as well have been in an, uh, a hydrate. Um, so sorry about yeah. that, guys. But mm. no, we'll, we'll have to do an episode at some point to just talk about the Schumacher movies because yeah. So one of my favorite movies ever, and I'm sure most people have seen it, is Falling Down. Yes, a Schumacher movie. Michael Douglas. Very, yeah, it's it's more of a Batman movie than the the Schumacher Batman movie right it's like yeah. this man pushed to the brink by society and it's pretty dark but without being like super like physically like it's mentally dark and it's so weird that man, you know obviously your filmmaker can make multiple things but it's so weird that a filmmaker can make falling down right yeah but then also batman has a credit card <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh we do have to talk about the oh, schumacher yeah. stuff guys i'm you know, it was a response to Batman Returns, actually, because when uh, you think, oh, uh, hydrate, everyone hydrate, by the way. Um, uh, it was a response to Batman Returns. Mm. 
because Batman Returns didn't gross nearly as much as Batman 89. And it wasn't just a disappointment. It still did well. And people still love this franchise. But people thought it was a really, really dark movie. And they wanted something a little lighter. Um, so then <laughs> in comes Schumacher and in comes Bat Nipples and in comes Robin and, <laughs> and all this stuff. Uh, don't leave home without it. You know, the Batman Forever card and stuff. And, and thus began the beginning of the end for the venerable you know batman franchise 1.0 anyways um but but yeah um really great points all 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 together thank you guys for sharing your your thoughts about the story let's get into directing let's talk about a little guy named tim burton and uh kurt you touched on something like crucially important to uh, how Burton tackled Batman, which is the fact that Burton's not a comic book fan at all. He he admitted it openly too. In several cases, he said that he got confused reading comic books and everything that he knew about Batman really did come from the 66 series. So you're, you're right on the money there. Um, talk about Tim Burton as a director overall and a Batman director. I mean, like, what did you, what are your thoughts? So, you know, I mentioned I'm a comic book nerd, but I'm also a film nerd, right? Like, I'm the person that goes to see, like, foreign films and no subtitle some foreign language and try to understand them as the filmmaker intended. So I, I love a lot of the, especially the early Tim Burton, right? Like, we all love classic Tim Burton. And to me, like, the perfect Tim Burton movie is Ed Wood. If you've ever seen Ed Wood. Mm. One of the best oh, really? Movies. Excellent movie. Yeah. It's, it's the perfect Tim Burton movie because... It does something that the Batman Tim Burton movies don't do, and especially Batman Returns rewatching it, it kind of fizzles out. Ed Wood, it feels like everybody who showed up wanted to act in a movie. Mm. And, and he really focused on, on the visuals, but also the acting performances. Mm. And Batman Returns, uh, you got the Tim Burton, the visuals are, are mostly fantastic. There's some fun, like weird things, like the zoom in to Penguin at the old zoo. And there's like a giant crab and a half-eaten skeleton looking thing like why was that at the zoo for kids to walk through <laughs> um, no the music's great some of the some of the sets like the little miniature uh wayne manor door look fantastic a lot of the the weird motorcycle ride skeleton head guys like it's all visually fantastic mm -hmm. uh, my one complaint about the visuals the ba first two batman movies is always that it feels so small it, the whole movie yeah. takes place in like one block which it's a set so you can let that slide music's great <laughs> but yeah, there's something lacking about most of the performances because there's a couple of like shots. It's the the one guy I can't think of his name, but he was in um, the episode of the X Files where he had the conjoined twin. But he's, he's like the the guy with the the oh Batman uh, returns. Like there's 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 like little performances that just don't hit it. Yeah, and I think Tim Burton was so focused on the visuals at this time in his career. Yeah, and it also feels like him and Michael Keaton maybe were kind of over Batman at this point. Mm. Like they had to do this movie. But Michael Keaton seemed a little bored, but but yeah, the, the all the stuff of the Penguin, Danny DeVito, just from the directing standpoint, brilliant. The Catwoman stuff, magnificent. Their performances are great. The, the Catwoman becomes Catwoman, you get that hell here. That visual yes. shot. Mm. The, the yeah. first shot where, where Batman, you know, Bruce Wayne stands up and you got the bat signal. And then there's that pull away where it looks like maybe it's uh, Matt Painting or something. And you got little tiny Michael Keaton. Some of those visuals are just spot-on, perfect, yeah. like, comic book panels. And I think that's, that's great. But, but, but it doesn't reach the levels of, like, an Ed Wood for me. Mm. have that, that acting, that level of acting that surpasses kind of his visuals that some of his movies do. 
And I think it might have just been because it was Batman Returns and a lot of those people probably came on from the first movie, like Tim Burton, Michael Keaton, were like, we have to do this movie. Whereas you can tell like Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer wanted to be that in that movie. So I wonder if that's what hurts it. Very possible and, and really good thoughts on that. I love Ed Wood, by the way. If you guys haven't seen Ed Wood, um, it's really, you know, the first time Tim Burton did something um, really prestigious, I, I would say. You know, most of his, his movies had that sort of wacky, cartoony quality to them, which granted, I loved. But Ed Wood um, was spectacular. Martin Landau's performance was spectacular. You touched on one of my favorite scenes in Batman Returns, which is Bruce Wayne just sitting there obsessively waiting for the bat signal to light up because that's consumed his entire life. And we, we never, we never see Batman consume, you know, Batman, the persona consuming Bruce Wayne's life as much in these movies, um, you know, as much as that one scene. Um, And then you get, you get into that, of course, later on in the Pattinson movie, it's all just the Batman persona consuming him to the point where it's destructive. And of course, um, you know, Bale's Batman, it was that balance that was always difficult maintaining that. But but um, that one scene, you don't get more Batman than that, which is kind of ironic that it's directed by Tim Burton, a man who didn't really get Batman. Um, But still, at the same time, it's such a gorgeous and wonderful shot. Um, I I think that you chalked it up to he's such a visually or at least he was now is some of his stuff. I'm not a big fan of his newer stuff, but I I agree. He was a master like, of that visual language. Yeah, absolutely. Amber, talk, t- tell us about your relationship with Tim Burton and uh, um, oh, as a director man. and as uh, the oh, director Tim of Batman Burton. Returns. And and before you get into that, uh, you got a compliment from Q-Ball who says you oh, look so beautiful you. as always. Um, I would agree with that. You look amazing. And uh, yeah, yeah. So Amber is definitely beautiful 24-7, something that our, our moderator agrees Maybe on. Maybe not and... when I'm sleeping, my mouth's open, but you know, I try. <laughs> but we all agree on that. But in addition to being so beautiful, you are also a wonderful film analyst, and I'd love to hear your take on Tim Burton. <laughs> okay, so I have a love-hate relationship with Tim Burton, as I'm sure most of us do. Um, <laughs> but in regard to... <laughs> we don't have time for that on this show. But in regards to this specific movie... Um, you know, I, I know he wanted to like kind of do something new and different and kind of step outside of the box and be, you know, Tim, make it Tim Burton-y. And he really did. Um, and it sucks because it kind of worked for this film. Like, I feel like I have a love-hate relationship with this movie, like I said, but it's like, I don't think any, if you saw it directed by anybody else, you would kind of, it wouldn't really hold you know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't have as much status as it has now. Like, it's like, okay, that was the time Tim Burton did this. He did it very Tim Burton. He was very dark and gothic. He, um, all the sexual innuendos and just like being very uh, high sexuality toned in this movie compared to most of the other, <laughs> all of the other Batman movies, probably. Um, you know, it kind of worked for this particular film. But um, yeah, you know what? Like Tim, he's been all over the place. He's he's a mastermind. You know, he's a genius. But um, honestly, I kind of almost wish we could have seen not even uh, Nolan do it. I wish I would have seen just someone else direct this movie just to kind of have a different take on it, because I feel like this could have been one of those. I mean, it's still a classic to me, like it's a cult classic and people really enjoy it. And, you know, goth girls, you know, we love our Catwoman. This is probably my favorite version of Catwoman, honestly, that I've seen uh, so far. But um, I just feel like it didn't really get the the 
the backup that it could have that it needed to be like a really better a better stronger sounding film because it was just like you know the visuals are great and honestly I have ADHD and usually uh visuals are what lets me watch a movie and stay tuned in like avatars three hours and 14 minutes like the visuals are great so I was like oh totally focus on this movie but honestly like visuals can't really carry an entire movie um and I feel like the storyline was great on this one but I just feel like it was lacking something but it mm. just luckily had like just enough of the bare minimum to kind of like keep your attention and make you like want to watch this movie it was like okay the storyline was good and then the visuals were great so it was just like I think Tim Burton's kind of mastered that in most of his films it's like Sometimes the story is not so great, but the visuals mm-hmm. compensate for it. So I feel like that's pretty much what happened to this film was like, you know, like story was decent. It didn't really follow anything. It was all over the place. But the visuals, when you, it's like the second you're like, huh, this isn't really, and you're like, oh, but that, that costume though. Oh, this, the soundtrack, this music. And then it's just like, <laughs> he just overcompensates with visuals. But um, yeah, I really have a love hate relationship with him because he is a genius. I love, his aesthetic and all the other movies, you know, like him directing a Batman movie was just super odd to me. Uh, it didn't really fit with like anything that's ever happened since or before. So, uh, but I appreciate it. I definitely, it's like one of my faves. Um, you know, I can appreciate all, you know, everything that was put into it as far as like the casting, the casting was fantastic, honestly. Um, you know, the costumes, the soundtrack, the storyline all together when you honestly think about it you're like okay that was a great movie but then when you sit and like nitpick everything you're like but also like you have like issues with every little thing too it's like okay but this and this like but yeah honestly I'm kind of glad he didn't do any more after this <laughs> I will say that <laughs> um but honestly I think it needed to happen because like I said every Batman movie is so different like there's Batman and Robin which is <laughs> completely different there's dark night you know but you know each movie has its own uh valid key points where it's like okay that's a good minus that one minus that, <laughs> that movie, every time i think about it i'm just like what happened what happened with this movie um but yeah like tim burton i mean yeah and then you know he has his own like the personal issues that i have with him as far as like the, his casting and things that he will and will not put in his movies i'm like mm. mm-hmm. yeah, it's, yeah. Okay. it's okay I, I, that's another story time but yeah um all i can say is it was a great movie honestly i'm glad it happened uh and yeah it, it definitely gives girls a reason to bring out their like i said like feminist badass uh dommy femme fatale vibes it's like you know every you kind of sometimes you need that sometimes every movie isn't supposed to be like you know like a masterpiece or like a cinematography uh cinematography like brilliant film it's like okay you know it was an okay movie but you can take key points from certain aspects of it and really just kind of like utilize that in your life and your career and just like okay you know Catwoman you know she owned it and just rock it and that's what I kind of like to do and as a cosplayer obviously um you know kind of like taking that into consideration like attitudes personalities uh the underlying tones and messages of the movie so it's like you know I'll kind of I'll let all the other stuff slide because overall that movie was like it's it was like one of my like films that I remember from my childhood so much and I'm like he gets a pass. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Tim no. Burton. Wow. 
Can I can I bring up something a little controversial based off what Amber said? Oh gosh, please, this is me. <laughs> uh, you know, I had always wondered, and I know what some of Amber was alluding to there with some of her issues with Tim Burton. <laughs> I always wonder. I know, I know how he took the role, mm-hmm. but it's it's always like weird to me if some of the things we kind of hear and might know about Tim Burton that Billy D. Williams Landau mm-hmm. was Two Face, right? He, didn't yeah. he was Harvey Dent. Yeah, he was Harvey Dent. He was cast in that role. Yeah. It seems like so like my brain doesn't work because some of the stories you hear about maybe he's a little uh whitewashy, we'll say, like a nightway mm-hmm. place to put it. And then you've got this fantastic black actor who gets cast in this role. And then when they get a new director in, they bring in a white guy. Like it's not Tim Burton that does it. So it's yeah. it's like a weird yeah. wrong universe thing. I don't know. It's fascinating mm-hmm. if it, you guys have thoughts on it. That is it. Does- it. It does make me wonder, you know, if if the Schumacher and maybe it's just wishful thinking, if the Schumacher version of Batman was completely like a rebooted separate version, you know, I mean, the suit and everything's very similar. And obviously no one back in 1995 was thinking about multiverse, you know, I mean, like <laughs> we weren't that complex back then, let's be frank, especially right. with comic movies. Um, but but to, to go from Billy D. Williams to Tommy Lee Jones not yeah. to take any credit away from Tommy Lee Jones is a terrific actor, but God, I would have loved to have seen Billy D. Williams as two. It would have been right? so amazing. Did you guys so ever hear those stories uh, about the fact that Tim Burton was planning to do a two face storyline with Billy D. Williams? That's why he casted right. him in the first movie. And, and the thing was when he, when two face gets the acid on him, half of his face becomes white and the other half is Billy D. Williams's, um, oh, which wow. would have been interesting um, to say the least. I, I'm not entirely sure what that means exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I really <laughs> hope it doesn't mean anything. Oh. But it would have been, it would have been an interesting take on, on Two-Face and Billy D. would have, would have freaking crushed that. We, we know that yeah. he's, he's a charismatic actor. We love him. You know whether he's flying the Falcon or or doing anything else, but um, but yeah, I would have. Uh, yeah, please I'm, go go for it. Yeah. Oh no, I was just pointing to the Millennium Falcon on my ceiling. Oh, oh, oh I see it. Awesome. I was like, yeah. As uh, I thought you were like question. Yeah, I was like, uh, okay, but yeah, but yeah. as uh, I'm not going to mispronounce this 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 name name out here, but as uh, person says in the chat, yeah, he was in the Lego Movie as Two Face. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was Batman in the Batman Lego movie. Really wow. So he got to be Two Face at some. He point. got to be Two Face, you know. Um, I think uh, Eva Macia was the one that that mentioned the Lego Batman thing, which I didn't know. So that's awesome. Thank you for saying that. Uh, she also asked. Um, he, they also asked. Um, uh, you know, can you imagine if Tim Burton made a Superman movie? That almost happened. Um, <laughs> we, we're Maybe very he grateful. Would save <laughs> it was it was the Nicolas Cage one, um, you know, where he had the black suit and the white insignia and like long hair and everything, like the mullet. And I'm very grateful <laughs> that never happened, but it was it was this close from happening, guys. So, um, Amber, you brought up a lot of points about Tim Burton and your love hate relationship with him, and it's all incredibly <laughs> warranted, in my opinion. I I love Tim Burton. I had a goth phase, um, a hard goth phase. When I was a kid, uh, I was I was Hot Topics best customer buying Nightmare Before yes. Christmas crap every Same. every five seconds, and then Same. and then bottles of Manic Panic and and crap. But um, yeah, Four, and I still do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so for me, I was 
I for it was it was night um Edward Scissorhands that was like the biggest and my my favorite Tim Burton movie of all time. To this day, it still is. I think that this, that's a desert island movie for me. Um, uh, but but yeah, um, I think to everyone's point on this call, um, if you in retrospect, when we look back at Tim Burton being the director of Batman, was he the right choice? I feel like he was only the right choice at the time. He is not the right choice overall. At the time, let's be frank, our knowledge of comic book movies and what they could be was so primitive because the technology hadn't caught up with us and no one was actually thinking about comic books. They were very much writing them off as children's medium, which is, we all know is bollocks. Um, but that being said, um, because this is what we got, everybody in 1993, after Batman Returns, if you were to ask them who the perfect Batman director was, they would have said Tim Burton because that's all they knew. And now we've seen not only is Batman a lot more complex than the rubber wearing vigilante who <laughs> fights circus clowns like, you know, with fire, um, but but also, um, you know, other people with with different takes can actually bring their spin on Batman and do an even more phenomenal job. So um I think with um, with uh, you know the, the Batman and Batman Returns, um, yeah, they they do something a, a little bit different that a lot of the superhero movies, even to this day, haven't done. In that they were sort of of the time stylistically and and sort of thematically with some of the comic books. Where if you look at like uh, the first Superman movie, right, the mm -hmm. first two Superman movies, some of the best movies of all time. But it's like a generation behind where the comics were or more. Yeah. That's like 1940s Superman, right? Yeah. yeah. And then when you look at like um, Ben Affleck's Batman, that's like mid 90s, <laughs> like violent comic book characters in that yes. movie. It's, so it's like this generation behind. But at least like the, the Tim Burton, you, you give him some credit. The people involved in that, it, it felt like a comic book from maybe not a Batman comic, but it felt like a comic book from 1989, <laughs> 1990. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So th there's that little bit of like positive spin I could say that at mm -hmm. least at least it felt like whoever was involved in that read a comic book that year. Yeah. Not just when they were a kid. <laughs> the, very accurate. <laughs> very accurate. And and the thing that I love actually when we we need to credit Tim Burton at least for what people perceived as the visual style of Batman at that era because without Tim Burton we actually wouldn't have the same aesthetics in Batman the Animated Series, which in my opinion has been my favorite media interpretation of the character of all time. It's just nailed it. Um, the world that they they built there was heavily influenced and inspired by the Tim Burton version of Batman the, from, from the theme music, Danny Elton's theme music, the dark deco style, you know, it was almost a blend of the 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 hard um you know 1939 1940s batman uh detective style with the tim burton aspects of it certainly like the joker and everything like that definitely took its roots from tim burton even even the penguin um you know the look kind of came from from burton's penguin so um massively grateful for the work that burton did and what we the legacy that it kind of spawned just very happy as well that we've evolved since then, you know, um, at the same time. Um, I did want to go, well, ordinarily on Basic Binges and on Nom Talk Network, when we were talking about and breaking down a movie, we, we'd go into the story and the directing, which we did. And we'd also go into casting and acting, which we we did to a degree while we were talking about the story and directing. 
Um, but I'm going to throw something out of left field because it's December and because we've been counting down to Christmas with all of our basic binges stuff. The question <laughs> has to be asked since we're running low on time. Is this a Christmas movie? Does this count as a Christmas movie and everyone's opinion? I want to start with you, Amber. Is Batman Returns a Christmas movie? Um, I will say yes, because I feel like it's kind of like, it's not necessarily like um, one of the typical movies you think, uh, or like just right away when you think of a Christmas movie, like Die Hard, you know, something like that. So it's like, but it is because I feel like a lot of people honestly think that and I'm like, I, until you said that, I was like, yeah, you know what? Like I would totally consider it a Christmas movie. And I like, I like the movies that aren't like the typical ones you watch every year. It's like the boring same films. It's like, you know what? I will probably add that to my list of, you know, Christmas movies that I like to watch around the season because I'm like, okay, yeah. You know what? It happens around the time. And yeah, like I will consider it a Christmas movie. I didn't even think about that until I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say yes. I love it. Kurt, That's what about what you? Curtis says. Yeah. Well, but it's my it's my annual tradition to to pull somebody <laughs> under the mistletoe with, um, with my uh, weapon and say, you know, like, a kiss could be deadly, deadlier if you meet it. Uh, mistletoe, and then yeah. you know, electrocuting them to death, or or setting like a clown on fire. You know, all my favorite holiday traditions. I, I say this is absolutely a Christmas. Yeah, maybe maybe you know we can bring the kids around the fire and push an ice princess off a building. You know all wow. all of those holiday traditions. Yeah, you know, every generation. Each generation. It's actually in all seriousness, I think it's like the perfect Christmas movie because it's going to bring everybody together to watch it. Right, like everybody's yeah. going to go. Oh, Batman returns to sit down and enjoy some some violent murder and some <laughs> some beautiful festive violent murder. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I wholeheartedly agree with you guys. Look, if we count Babes in Toyland as a Christmas movie and there's like, you know, toy soldiers and people and clowns and crap and that. And there's clowns in this too, you know, they're freaky, creepy demon clown thingies, you know, but they're they're there. There's toys, there's there's little toy duckies and big toy duckies. Um, you have a Christmas tree lighting lit by somebody falling off a building and smashing a light and then like getting lit up. Um it's it, this is definitely a Christmas movie, and I'm glad that everyone everyone on the chat also agrees uh cue ball agrees it is the christmas movie um we also got uh knocknar who said that he'll be showing his nine-year-old bat keaton this year uh evan maciard also says it's a christmas movie and uh yeah we we definitely i think it's unanimous guys batman returns is a christmas movie it, arguably maybe potentially the greatest christmas superhero movie uh ever made but i feel like your your other competition maybe is shazam which is excellent i like shazam a lot um and and iron man 3 which is one of the lesser ones from the mcu canon mm -hmm. but still a christmas movie but uh yeah i mean when you're i mean when we think about it batman returns is the first one that comes into mind when we think uh christmas superhero movies um so so yeah um and so not nar also asks which Burton film doesn't include a Christmas scene. Ed Wood doesn't include a Christmas scene, right? I don't think so. No, I can't think of one. No. Ed Wood, knock nar. Uh, to answer your question, <laughs> um, no. But uh, that being said, guys, I wish we could talk about this all day. I know I could talk <laughs> about this all day, but we are officially at the hour, which means that we're going to have to wrap this one up. 
Uh, but this was so much fun, and I had a blast just talking to you guys about it today. Uh, before we wrap, I definitely want to just throw it to both of you guys to to see where people can find you and follow you and you know support you and and everything that you guys are doing. Um, Amber, where can everyone find you? Okay, so I make it very easy, and it's just Puma does cosplay on everything. So TikTok, Facebook. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, like anything you can think of, it's literally Puma does cosplay because that's what I do. That's wonderful. <laughs> we love that. We love that, Amber. Thank you for that. Uh, Kurt, Thank what about you. you? Where can everyone find you? Uh, what's my my Instagram? I think is WLFK Films. But if you look up Kurt Rose on TikTok, on Facebook, on whatever the internet, you'll find me. And uh, be, be sure Kurt to Rose. I think I think from now on, every year for the holidays, Thanksgiving, we should watch Spider Man. Enjoy the, the Thanksgiving seed and then yeah. Batman Returns for Christmas. I like that. Absolutely. A hundred percent on board with that. Um, and I've been Mike Manalo, your host. You can find me uh, on Instagram, Twitter at tidybullboy182, but primarily uh, on the nerds of color.com uh, at what to watch.com and that's at la.com. Um, please tune in next time to for more basic binges. We've got a, another great show later this week on Thursday, uh, where the team here at Nam Talk is going to talk, talk about a very underrated movie called Rise of the Guardians, uh, which Ooh. is a wonderful Christmas movie. It's one that has been very, very little seen, but is so worth the, the, the watch if you guys get a chance to, to check it out. Uh, it's DreamWorks animation. It's wonderful. If check it out, then come to basic binges and watch these guys talk about uh, Rise of the Guardians. But having said that, until next time, thank you all for watching, and uh, you. you know, same bat time, same bat channel on Thursday. Bye guys. <laughs> Bye guys. <laughs>